All right, guys, welcome back to the Run It Back podcast. I am your host, Joy. Alongside with me, again, is my partner in crime, Wes. How are you doing today, Wes, and Merry Christmas? Hi, Joy. Hi, Run It Back Nation. Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad, Maliga, and Pasco. I'm doing very good, man. You know, it's a special day, special uh, time. I think mm. uh, it just so happened that all the stars are aligning for us to have a mega episode on a mega day. Absolutely, absolutely. And, like... Pretty much, yeah. Like uh, today, we're just gonna be covering uh, postseason, right? Um, pretty much how we're gonna give a review through the season. Um, now, you know, I've watched a couple seasons. I've watched since 2015, 2016 season. Uh, Wes, how many seasons have you uh, watched so far? Uh, this is my second full second. season. So, uh, my first full season was 2019. So, 2019, mm. 2020, and I had half of 2018. So, yeah, uh, two and a half uh, full seasons, but uh, in terms of full seasons, two. All right, cool, cool, cool. So, uh, out of the two seasons, which one did you like better? Oh, this season, no this doubt. This season, okay. Decent. Uh, was, like, any particular reason why? Well, uh, because I got to see a big team look <laughs> very, very mortal in Ferrari. Right. Um, I got to see multiple driver changes happen really right in front of all of us mm. like ricardo to mclaren uh signs to ferrari aston martin getting sebastian vettel mm. when everyone thought that vettel might just finish his career at ferrari right mm -hmm. um let's see hamilton winning his seventh title two other winners not named lewis hamilton or sebastian vettel or charles <laughs> leclerc right. or valtteri bottas or that for that matter right Max Verstappen having one hell of a season. And I think really the big thing too is um, we got to see some questions being answered. Like for example, was George Russell all the hype, worth all the hype? Right. All you needed all you needed was Sakir. Right. Absolutely. And he proved that he's the real deal. Absolutely. Uh yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of the points that uh, you made. Um for me personally. It was just the tracks, the the new, uh, the old tracks that we revisited um, this season for me. Just said it, just said it all. Uh, I remember, I remember, um, I remember one of the commentators. Uh, I think it was Martin Brundle saying that, you know, this is why he signed up for Formula One. It's because of these tracks. Um, it's because of the tracks that uh, we have currently right now. I mean, uh, that we had this season. Um, you know, of course, we couldn't travel to a lot of the the Asian um, countries and, the, the you know, visit some of the Asian tracks. I would have loved to see uh, Japan in there. Um, obviously, I mean, I also love uh, Australia. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, this, this, this season pretty much had, I think, the best tracks. Uh, we got to re revisit some of the legendary tracks, um, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Um, we've said in previous podcasts that some of the tracks that we've seen are tracks that we would play in the video games, right. i.e. Mugello, Nürburgring. And, of course, there are tracks that I never heard of before, such as uh, Portimao. Right. Right. Um, Istanbul, I've seen in photos, I've seen in videos, but not on a live TV feed. Right. So that was fun. And that race itself was actually pretty remarkable as well. That was a fun race to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm okay with like uh, resurfacing of any track 
one month prior to our F1 race being held. <laughs> I think I think it brought up a, a really good race. It, it introduced some new challenges for teams. Oh, for sure. And we got to see why someone is considered the greatest of his generation. Absolutely. But, you know, 2020 was a season to remember. 2020, mm. the year itself, not so much. But in the realm of F1, I think 2020 will go down. We can look, we can look back 10, 15, 20 years from now and be like, man, 2020 was one heck of an F1 season. And Absolutely. For now, I don't know if we'll see anything like it. Absolutely. I, I, I really agree. Um, Christian Horner at the end of uh, the season two of Draft to Survive said that 2020 is set to be a very important year. Now, of course, he said that before COVID, um, the COVID pandemic happened. Um, and so, I mean, <laughs> he was absolutely correct um, in many ways. And I think when you make that statement, yeah, I mean, you're bound to be correct some way because um formula one is such a moving it's such a, such a fast moving uh entity that you know any kind of changes would absolutely be pivotal in a championship uh in a championship race oh for sure and we we saw a lot of strange things that <laughs> could have altered a result and the one event that comes to mind was Hamilton winning on three wheels at Absolutely. Silverstone. Absolutely. He could have easily lost that race because of that front left tire. Absolutely. But hopefully because of certain issues or small little things that could have altered a race, it'll make things more interesting and uh, hmm. I guess it, on an issue side, uh, more tighter uh, into future seasons. Mm, absolutely absolutely and uh one last thing i want to congratulate and uh thank formula one for ev for our incredible season that they gave us um you know we we spoke in the last podcast that we didn't even think that there was going to be a season and you know midway through the season we didn't think there was going to be a second half of the season so we thought that there was going to be initial eight races left and or eight eight races to begin so yeah i, I thought Eight races was fine. Um, it would be interesting to see where, you know, the championship would have stacked up. But, yeah, yeah, it would have been incredible. Um, but, yeah, any last thoughts, Wes? No. Okay. Um, I still can't process a lot of the events that occurred over the 2020 season. Absolutely. Uh, some good, some bad. But for what it's worth, I'm ready to go into 2021 see how the racing would be with the small subtle changes that formula one's going to take and if the behemoth that is mercedes can continue to reign of dominance or will it be someone's new turn to shine on the top of the formula one hill absolutely absolutely uh well said wes and yeah so uh let's go into the top three best moments of the season uh so far um and so pretty much we're just going to pick you know, the entirety of the season, what were the best three moments that pretty much uh, spoke to us or pretty much we highlight because it was, you know, as a fan, it was the moment that said, wow, you know, this is Formula One. Uh, let's start off with you, Wes. What's your top three? Uh, okay. I'm going to go bottom to top here, if that's okay with you, yep, Joy. Perfectly fine. All right. Number three, Alex Albon getting his podiums. Okay. He's now you're... You all are probably wondering, why am I talking about a driver that just got cut? 
<laughs> well, if you think about it, if you got a chance to figure and get to know who we are, uh, Joy and I are both proud uh, Southeast Asian American men. Alex Albon is a Southeast Asian British man. He's from Thailand. Both of us are under the Philippine flag. And he, him scoring a, scoring a podium means a lot because he was the first of his background to do so. For us, that should be something that should be celebrated. It doesn't matter if it's third or second. If it was first, that would have been great, right? right? But to be up there, to have the cameras on you, to have your flag shown, your culture shown on the world stage with 19 other drivers who are probably the fastest car drivers in the world as of right now, mm. that, that means something. That means something, absolutely. And... I do hope personally that Albon gets back onto the grid in future right. seasons. But for what it's worth, everyone knows and cannot deny that he is a good racing driver. Absolutely. And, you know, in hindsight, um, Pierre Gasly couldn't score a podium in uh, Red Bull. Um, although, you know, Albon had the pleasure of, you know, pretty much completing a full season. It wasn't 22 races. It was only 18 at, at the end. So still, you know, I, I think Albon deserves a lot of credit for, for, you know, scoring those podiums. Absolutely. And speaking of Gasly, that goes into number two. I'm going to keep it in-house with the Honda Red Bull trend. Gasly getting his first win at Monza. Now, mm. I do think that there is some screwy idea with uh, Michael Massey's interpretation of what's valid and what isn't, and that's a conversation for another day. Maybe we could talk about that going into next season. But even though Hamilton dominated most of that race, at the end of the day, Pierre Gasly was the winner. Hmm. And for him to get that first win on the quote-unquote B team of Red Bull and Honda, it goes to show that much like his counterpart in Alex Elbon, he is a great driver. He's a good driver. And he's worth getting a drive in Formula One and being considered one of the 20 fastest car drivers in the world to date. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, I actually have this as uh, one of my, you know, of course, my top three. But but yeah, uh, you know, Pierre Gasly winning um, was, it was such a great redemption story um, after what he's been through in Red Bull. Um, you know, after the team dropped him, um, his house was, um, was breaking into and then, um, you know, a lot of people stole stuff from his house, uh, a month before, I think Monza. So yeah, it, it pretty much, uh, <laughs> Pierre Gasly reached pretty low, um, in 2019 only to, you know, finally get that win, uh, get a podium uh in brazil in 2019 but yeah yeah this is just a great great culmination uh a redemption story absolutely and i'm excited to see what he does in 2021 onwards right. especially with that program uh with its state of being in flux when it comes to rotating drivers hopefully they straighten that out soon but that's a conversation again for another right. time right. number one number one Number seven. Seven world championships, Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton. He showed everyone domination, <laughs> not just Christina Aguilera. 
and it's unheard of, right? It's unheard of. Right. We in our time, Joy, as sports fans, the number that we see as the pinnacle is six, right? Right. So once again, we are based in the United States, so we have the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and six is associated with our greats like Michael Jordan of basketball, Tom Brady of uh, the NFL. But we don't hear seven. We don't hear anyone that is not only the best at their sport, but winning seven. Right. And Lewis Hamilton changed that. Right. He showed time and time again why he's the best driver of his generation. Shoot, I've been a fan since I started for watching Formula One more seriously. Um, and I've always known that he was one of the best in the world. And but if you asked me that he was gonna if he was gonna win the most titles for any single given driver in Formula One history, I would have been like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but now now it's actually happened and you know, I'm cool with it. I'm happy with it. I'm actually happy for for Hamilton. Not only because he's so talented, but also his story. His story is so good. Right. He doesn't Absolutely. come from a big family of financial backing. He actually had to be discovered by one of the bigger names in Formula One in McLaren to get where he was today, or is today, I should say. And one career move that everyone thought was going to be bad for him turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to him. So it's a really, it's a really, really wonderful story. A guy who was just pretty modest is now on top of the world, practically, and still is, and still can be for another few years, which is scary. He right. has no signs, no signs of slowing down, because the guy keeps himself in great shape. The guy is very, very personable, very, very uh, high image, and yeah, man. I mean. Watching Hamilton earn that seventh world title, especially in races where he had to really earn his wins, right? Rather than just driving the car around for fifty plus laps in pole position, it goes to show that he's—it's uh, not—it's not an accident, and we should be blessed to be in such greatness. Yeah, I completely agree, Wes. Um, you know, I mean, we—we've also done a, a short piece on on Lewis, um, but yeah, you know, seventh world title um i was waiting for this uh for a while um i remember when lewis just won his fourth or his third world championship um and you know he was catching up to vettel uh i remember i remember that and i didn't think i thought that he was going to catch up to vettel i thought he was going to win his fourth but i think that was it up until fourth i thought you know then the other teams would catch up ferrari red bull Pretty much Renault's engine program was going to catch up. Um, and they were very close. Ferrari was probably the closest one to mounting, uh, to staging um, a challenge to the Mercedes. And, you know, it's also a credit to the Mercedes team. Um, they're so dominant, you know, even in the, in times of uncertainty. Um, you know, we, we've spoken about the Turkish Grand Prix. It, it, was, it was so incredible to watch um, Lewis kind of just calm down even though he wasn't the fastest guy on the track he was consistently and fast enough to pull out the win and not only that save his tires we also you know praise his tire his uh you know tire saving and 
pretty much like his skills on saving tires um probably like sergio perez is probably the the better one but yeah uh i completely agree uh i think you know hamilton winning his seventh should be should be well noted absolutely and will we get the ocho <laughs> we just gotta wait and see but right i mean tom I'm brady looking- right tom brady's one of his greatest quotes is like when they asked him, what's your favorite championship? He said, the next one. Absolutely. The next one. And, you know, when, when Lewis shows that hunger, that fire, you know that chances are it's not going to stop anytime soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he, you hit on a lot of points, Wes. Um, he still looks great. He stays healthy. He doesn't look at all. He's 38, right? No, he's, uh, I believe he's 34. 34 okay that's not bad um but yeah um yeah i was way off but still uh 34 you know there's still a lot of drivers that uh pretty much retired at this age um you know he he still has a couple more years it looks like you know he just needs to stay sharp uh but yeah we will see we will see will he be kind of like a valentino rossi of the grid in formula one we'll see uh i think that'll be interesting to to watch uh, but yeah, uh, let's go into my top three best moments. Um, I'm going to do the same thing as you, uh, Wes. I'm going to go from top, I mean, from bottom to top. Uh, and so my third best moment this season is the moment that Lewis's tire deflated, pretty much, and on the very last lap. Um this pretty much signifies um, what Formula One is to me. It's so there's so there's a single moment can turn uh, the race on its head, right? Um, my heart sank when when uh, Crofty started yelling that Hamilton's tire was uh, deflated, but it was wrong. Like he he was actually looking at Bottas's tire, uh, which is yeah, which is bad but still i love crofty uh but yeah like when it did happen when it finally did happen when hamilton's tire you know pretty much deflated before that it was science's tire so it wasn't just an anomaly of like bottas's tire goes off and you you know but you don't have to worry about that because you know hamilton is you know is hamilton you know bottas usually gets the tire punctures because he usually runs off, runs over debris, but no, like when science's um, tire deflated, I was like, okay, okay, this could be interesting. Um, we'll see. And then they, you know, AWS shows that graphic of Hamilton's tire on like one percent left or two five percent left of life, and yeah, it happens. It happened, uh, I think, I got against, like, uh, around cops. I think it happened around cops where um, his tire deflated. But, yeah, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe if uh, Max didn't pit, who knows? He, he absolutely would have won the race if Max didn't pit and his tire didn't explode. But I think, you know, Red Bull at that very moment wanted to play it safe, kind of just bring it home, uh, you know. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe we were robbed of a great finish where they're both racing each other with deflated tires. But 
nevertheless, I think it was one of the best uh, moments of the of the season because, you know, Mercedes to me at that point looked pretty bullet bulletproof. Yet, you know, something that they can't control the tires. Um, they try to do it very well. They try to control it uh, a lot, but. You know, it's still no Formula two, One team can control the tires, and and it's so it's so interesting to to watch that race unfold. Yeah, absolutely. You know, your brother, I remember him telling me that, oh, Red Bull's dumb for pitting at the next to the last lap. I was like, no, they're not. No, no, they're not. Yeah, they're trying to cover their ass. You can't predict that. Right. I can't predict that. Right. No, none they of those teams. They couldn't predict that at exactly. all. Exactly. Like, yeah. The computers can't predict that. Exactly. So. No, for, for for you to go out and say that Red Bull was dumb for doing that, no, that that's a dumb statement in itself. <laughs> but let me calm down for a second. That was a really, really interesting moment. All right. I, before I continue, Lewis is 35, not 34. 35, so. okay. Yes. Fact check on both of us. <laughs> um, He's getting white, there. white and black flag for not getting the age right <laughs> for Lewis. But, yeah, um... It was, for me, the right idea for Red, Red Bull. Bull to pit. Yeah, absolutely. Because they knew that the tires were going away. They saw Botas and signs blow up. Right. They thought, okay, let's not let it happen to us. And then, of course, Lewis's uh, went away in a time that no one expected it, it would. Right. Unfortunately for Max, he was too far away. He's too like, far away, yep. What, 40 seconds away? Right. And he was closing in. And by the time it was over, he was only like five seconds away. Right. But it was still that's still too far when you look at race times. Absolutely. And for Lewis to manage that, not get out of control. Yeah. Keep the car on the racing line because if he puts that car off the track, it's over. Oh, it's over. Yeah, absolutely. If if he gets stuck in a gravel trap, it's over. Or even in the grass because the gra right. he he's already going pretty well by Formula One standards, pretty slow. <laughs> the telemetry was showing 140 miles an hour. Right. I'd be I'd be scared shitless if i was driving 140 miles an hour on three wheels absolutely and I, <laughs> I actually uh i don't know if you've heard it wes but like um his uh radio uh during the time of the puncture he was super calm him and peter bonington was super calm uh you know they weren't in any stress at all the only time they were stressed was uh the the checkered flag didn't actually come out on the last lap so he thought oh my god it wasn't the last lap so yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, this is the most calm I've ever seen Hamilton, especially in a time where it's the most dire. Oh, for sure. And you know, I was alluding to that not too long ago. Right. But yeah, for that's what the greats do. They keep cool under pressure. Right. They respond well. Absolutely. And you know that that was pretty self-explanatory. Of course, for what it was worth, Red Bull went out and kicked ass in the second part of the Silverstone race. Right. that week those weekends but yeah that's a pretty remarkable choice i like that <laughs> cool and uh yeah so my uh second best um moment of the season was sakir grand prix uh well the the moment was pretty much checo perez crossing the line now of course the moment itself is pretty surreal right because perez at this point we don't know if he's gonna get a seat at all at this point, I thought Albon has secured the seat. I don't think at this point, like, I don't, I didn't think they were gonna, they were gonna worry themselves of, of, of signing anyone else. I thought that 
Albon did pretty well at the end of the season, but um, but yeah, it, it was interesting because it was such a I was such a you know filled with emotion. Uh, I think it was more about what lead up what led up to that point where Sergio Perez was um, crossing the line because there was someone really really hungry to prove himself chasing him down and he was very close I think he would have passed him in a couple laps um, before he his his tires punctured um, but yeah uh, and that's pretty much George Russell right um, this was the first time I've ever seen so many people cheer for a Mercedes driver um, just on the merit of being underdogs for some reason because of George Russell they want George Russell to be the next guy and they love George Russell. Um, I want George Russell to be, to be the next guy. And I thought, you know, in the first lap, him kind of just going off into the distance with Bottas struggling um, to match his pace. That I think that was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is George Russell's time. If he wins this, I wouldn't be surprised if Toto, you know, reconsiders his decision. But yeah, uh, obviously, you know, we got robbed of... Uh, uh, the finish that we wanted, Wes. Um, you know, but I, I think to, to a lot of people, to still, you know, a lot of people, to to the Mexican fans out there, to Sergio Perez fans, it was it was such a huge sigh of relief that this guy who we think that he's going to leave Formula One, he's going to take a sabbatical. You know, maybe he doesn't even get a seat in Formula One in the future. Finally, he he gets a win, right? He gets a win, uh, something to remember him by. Uh, you know, not just the, the third place or second place podiums that he scored all over his uh, career, but a win. And he gets to stand in, in the on top of the, the podium. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Sakir was that one race where your heart rate just drastically changes. Right. And of course, I I will remember that race as Russell putting in a can of whoop ass on Bottas <laughs> right. and everybody else. Absolutely. Really. And of course, that can come off depending on who you are and how your perception is, how your wiring is. As oh, Wes is a Perez hater, or <laughs> oh, Wes uh, likes Racing Point but doesn't like Racing Point at the same time. Right. And well, no, because. Where was Sergio Perez for like 90% of the race? <laughs> and he almost, the, whatever, what happened to him in Turkey was almost going to happen to him again in Sakir. Mm. Because in Turkey, he was leading the race because uh, Stroll's mechanics and his engineers and strategists messed him up. Yet, uh, while Czech was leading that Turkish round, he let Lewis Hamilton pass him anyhow, right? right? And those those two are supposed to be one and two, depending on how you see things on tire management. Right. And practically just a slightly lesser version of the W11. Right. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, Russell showed why, again, he could be the future of Formula One. Right. And the funny thing is that you and I, Joy, were having a debate amongst ourselves on whether whether Max or Leclerc was going to be the face of the future in Formula One. Mm. 
because uh, with me, uh, Red Bull as my second team, I wasn't happy with <laughs> a certain red driver right. causing my blue driver to hit the wall. <laughs> and yeah, mm-hmm. and then you, you thought Leclerc was going to be better. I thought Max was going to be better. And then 50-some, 60-some odd laps later, it turns out we're both wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there is another. And his name is George Russell <laughs> from King's Land. <laughs> and yeah, no, but for what it's worth, I'm not salty. I'm not a hater. I got to give the credit where it's due. Right. Checo Perez did win the race. Right. It took him 10 years to get that first podium. And as a result, it led to him getting an, a job still in Formula One because he was having a pretty good season overall. All right. Absolutely. So for what it's worth, yes, Sakir Grand Prix, I think that's a race that everyone even though i don't have it should consider as a moment to remember in the 2020 season yeah absolutely and yeah thank you so much for for that wes yeah i think yeah i think the the combination for everything uh that happened to to perez and now that he has a seat i think i'm really excited uh now to see what he can do in the red bull uh into a machine that you know machinery that should land him into the podium spots pretty consistently but yeah more on that later um but yeah my number one moment of the season was pierre gasly crossing the line at monza now you know of course i'm not a big ferrari fan um but i do like alpha Tauri. uh i do love the tifosi um they're so passionate about the team and what um seeing the red sea is is incredible but unfortunately you know this year with covid uh, we didn't get to see that um but nevertheless you know pierre gasly uh it was it was a it was a good drive right of course he he won because you know lewis hamilton made a mistake uh he rarely does so when you when he does you you have to capitalize on it but to me it was more about um science it was me because I'm a huge sign, um, Carlos Sainz fan, um, and I'm a huge McLaren fan, and the prospect of seeing pretty much Sainz and McLaren, you know, when McLaren return to the top of the podium was incredible to me. I, I wanted to see more of that, um, and I think. I think this is it was a great opportunity to 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 finally witness it unfortunately it, it wasn't meant to be uh perhaps if they had maybe three more laps uh, maybe it, it could have it could be possible but uh yeah um i'm happy either way with pierre gasly we had this incredible race where a lot of people said you know if you take out the mercedes if you take out the red bulls if you take out the ferraris from from formula one then you kind of have just this this race this pure race this organic race and that's what we got we got this heart pounding moments where science was just catching up by like four or a half a second um every lap and so yeah it, it was incredible it was incredible to watch i think that is my top moment because um for me as a racing fan it was never dull uh no lap for me was dull Every moment, uh, every lap, I was looking at the gap between Gasly and Sainz. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much my top moment for the season. 
Oh, for sure, for sure. So what was my number two is your number one. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. When we go back to Monza in 2021, you think there'll be little white and blue islands surrounding the Red Sea? Ooh. Oh, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Um, you know, I, I do think there, there will be, there will be, there will be like small amounts of people probably scattered. It won't, there won't be islands, but it's pretty much just like individual, um, members of uh, the Tafosi that cheer for AlphaTauri. Um, but yeah, it's, it's incredible, right? Like AlphaTauri, uh, Tara Russell, their, their only two wins have been in Monza. The, the other Italian team, the small Italian team, wins in Monza. Yeah, no, it, it's remarkable um, to technically win at your home race, hmm. even though it's a road game, if you will. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because the crowd in Monza is mostly Ferrari. Now, I believe at Mugello, no, Imola. Imola would have been an Alfa Tori race. It would have been, yes. So... That would have been fun to see if there were crowds, right? It would be like a soccer match. <laughs> Ferraris are the away team, and then in Monza, uh, Alfa is the away team. Right. But, yeah, no, um, for what it's worth, Gasly winning with Alfa really, really put meaning in not only his career, but also Red Bull's career. Right. Now, whether that's good or bad, that you, draw, you all drop your own conclusions about that. But, yeah, no. And I expect a lot from Pierre Gasly next season because yeah. he's I'm going to gonna back my guy, Sonoda, Me too. for next season as well. <laughs> well, we'll so, see. We'll see. Uh, I like both of them. Uh, I, I do too. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Right. Don't get me wrong. I, it's not that I don't like Gasly be anymore because Sonoda's there, but <laughs> he shouldn't take Sonoda lightly. Right. And if I'm Sonoda, I, I would go full on full-on Sonoda zone. I'm just excited to see uh, a Japanese driver back on the grid. Um, you know, as there's been so many Japanese drivers in Formula 1, I believe there's only there's been 16 or 20 uh, Japanese drivers that represented in Formula 1. None of them have done very well. Um, there have been some, you know, uh, podiums here and there with Kamui uh, Kobayashi, but uh, pretty much we're looking for that consistency, right? We want a superstar from Japan to, to kind of just represent Asia. Well, right. Uh, depending on what series you watch the most, uh, right. Kobayashi and Nakajima are legends, depending on what you watch. Hmm. Maybe not in Formula 1, but if you are a Toyota guy or gal or right. person, you like Kamui and Kazuki. But Sonoda, I think, will do great. Yeah, I think um, so, too. And, uh, Joy, I'm going to say it for the both of us, for Yuki Sonoda. Uh, Sonoda-san, do it for the H. <laughs> do it for the H. Absolutely. Sincerely, two proud Honda owners here in America. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, well, we still haven't, we still don't even know, um, what Red Bull's plan is for a long-term future after Honda. But, yeah, hopefully he, I'm pretty sure he will make Honda very proud. Um, I think this is year to do so his rookie season um if he outscores gasly that that would be incredible incredible achievement and i would say you would probably wonder um question if perez will be there the year after if sonoda does so well or if gasly does well but yeah but yeah any more thoughts wes 
you know, I'm good there. I think this is a really good back and forth on yeah. what uh, our moments are for the season. Of course, it's very subjective. Mm. We would like to hear what y'all's uh, best moments were for the 2020 season. I know, I know, you know that we know right. that 2020 was one hell of a season, and I'm already counting the days to 2021. I don't know about yeah. you all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, come join us in our discussion, and I'll post your uh, top three best moments. I'm pretty sure you're gonna find a top three best moments uh that i didn't think of so yeah definitely so uh we for that rather we right so uh so yeah let's uh let's move on wes uh this is gonna be super early right we're just like what two weeks off of the um the last race of f1 in abu dhabi and uh now we're gonna make our very early Next season predictions, 2021. All right, Wes. Constructors, give it to me. Uh, I'm going to go with Das Otto Silber. Okay. Or Black. I so don't know how to eighth, say Black in German. Eighth World Championship. Eighth, eighth Constructor. Is that my eighth World Championship? Yes. <laughs> yes, Lewis, that is your eighth. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I want Lewis and Mercedes to bring it home. It's their title to lose. Right, absolutely. You know, seriously speaking, no more joking around, no more impersonations mm. on that on that regard. But yes, I, it's their title to lose. But at the same time, with the regulations not changing too much going into 2021, mm. except the floor design. <laughs> right. Really, for the most part, it's it's practically the same. I don't see too much being a problem for Lewis right. or even Valtteri for mm. that matter. Um, and also Mercedes has been already working on the car within this past season. Right. Absolutely. So I can't, I can't see an area at least as of right now where Mercedes is going to struggle, where they're going to get their asses kicked week in, week out by anybody else. Right. Lewis, especially. Right. Absolutely. Uh, you, yeah. Uh, I should agree with you here, Wes, for the constructors. Um, recently, um, you know, Mercedes was asked, how do they feel about the 2022 regulations? Um, and pretty much they said, you know, they believe that the 2022 regulations are actually for them. Which is kind of scary, you know, coming from the eight-time world champions. Um, they're pretty, they're pretty confident that um, the 2022 regulations are gonna are gonna benefit them, uh, which is scary. But for for I mean, with that much confidence, I think you know I should be picking uh, Mercedes to Mercedes Mercedes to win in 2021. However, I think um, for some reason I have this sinking feeling that the the weakest link of that Mercedes team is Valtteri Bottas. I think there's something there that is kind of bothering him. He's not been performing very um very consistently. I feel like Max has him drained mentally. Um he he already has him in his back pocket um and pretty much if Sergio can outscore Valtteri my goodness. I mean, this is going to be a very close race uh, for the Constructors' Championship. So, 
I think you know if if everything goes well, if Perez does uh, adjust to the car to the Red Bull uh, very well, um, this is going to be a very scary pairing, uh, one that can really force Mercedes to make tough decisions during the race for uh, for strategy, and so I'm picking Red Bull. Uh, I think Red Bull has a much stronger pairing. Um, I don't know. I, I think I just lost faith with Bottas 2.0 or 3.0. Um, it looks he looked like a beaten man uh, at the end of the season. Um, perhaps he needs you know uh, a break, a, a big break. But yeah, um, you know I only say this because it seems as though Max pretty much has his. He can pretty much ignore Bottas. Um, he's really just focused on Lewis. And if there are moments in uh, the season where Bottas just can't get past Lewis or, I mean, uh, just can't get past Max or um, Sergio, then, you know, it's going to be a Mercedes Red Bull Red Bull. Um, and if that trend continues, I think, yes, uh, there's a very possible chance that Red Bull may take the constructors a fitting end for Honda's... Um, you know, the last year for Honda's uh, partnership with Red Bull, you know, getting the constructors. I think this will be a huge accomplishment for Honda uh, program. But yeah, I think, you know, for me, I think it's going to be uh, Red Bull that win the constructors. That's fair. I okay. mean, Red Bull had one hell of a season right. in 2020. Sign would point to them being better in 2021 right. and we'll see right especially i do think on paper you're right that red bull have the better pairing than mercedes at the moment but let's not forget let's not go into 2021 thinking that valtteri bottas just sucks <laughs> that's that's far yeah. from the truth yeah, yeah no, no no i don't think i don't think uh, valtteri bottas sucks uh, but i do think that Max and Lewis has his number, and it oh, should, Lewis has been having his, right. his number since he got there. Absolutely, and, and that's what I think. I think it should just be Lewis that has his number. It shouldn't be Max because Max is on a different team. Uh, but yeah, I, I think for for some reason, I just I don't know, Wes. Uh, you tell me. Maybe um, I just don't trust Bottas anymore after after what I've seen in the latter half of the se uh, season. Hey, I love you, man, but I think that really is the case. Okay. Because uh, don't forget, in 2018, mm. and I believe 17, Lewis basically beat Ferrari by himself. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. And so, right. So, Lewis can, I know I said no more impersonations, and this one's going to be <laughs> bad. So, run it back, nation. You can hate on me. I'll stop if you all want me to stop. But I'm sure, I'm sure when he's not on the cameras, he tells his team. I don't need Valtteri. Valtteri needs me. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. That's besides the point. Yeah. It, um, exactly. Yeah, don't forget. Don't forget that Lewis has beaten teams that are that were technically more macho than Red Bull <laughs> by himself. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, you brought up a good point, Wes. Um, there was times where Valtteri had struggled to even score more points than. Um, than Kimi Raikkonen in the Ferrari. So, I don't know. I, I think hopefully Sergio can be a little bit more um, 
consistent, you know, he'll probably be fourth. And whenever, you know, Bottas makes some mistakes, then that's a double podium for Red Bull. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm saying. Um, I will say, though, um, I made this pre-season prediction this season for 2020 that the biggest headlines for Red Bull is not going to be... I, didn't, I never would have thought that it was going to be Red Bull, you know, isn't satisfied with Alex Albon. I didn't think that that was going to be the headline. I made a prediction early, uh, before the season even started saying that um, it's going to be um, Red Bull and Honda, that their the relationship deteriorates because, you know, Red Bull was going to be pretty much the second best car on the grid. And they're relying on Honda to produce these incredible... Um, engines that can challenge Mercedes, but obviously, you know, it, that's not going to happen. Uh, Honda need more time. You know, uh, Mercedes has been at the power, at the hybrid unit for eight years now. Uh, they've probably been developing for 10 years, but that's the thing. Um, I thought that it was going to be Red Bull putting a lot of pressure again on the engine manufacturer, but um, I was mistaken. And hopefully, yeah, I think Honda should get a lot of gain in their development hopefully they can challenge mercedes a lot more this season for wins well i would also say from a formula one business perspective that honda deserves more time right absolutely because if you look at what they did with mclaren right this is night and day mm. yeah absolutely i agree so i i don't i don't see a situation where that relationship would deteriorate mm. but i could see Honda opening a can of whoop ass <laughs> and maybe maybe not passing Mercedes but right. um opening the gap lengthening the gap from everybody else yeah, including yeah. Ferrari yeah absolutely and yeah that great point Wes and yeah um pretty much just all the thoughts that I had uh, was there any more that you need to no uh let's keep on driving all right cool 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 let's keep on driving to the drivers um championship our predictions for the drivers championship wes who XNDA. is your drivers xnda okay. xnda not, yeah. not even lewis just xnda <laughs> yeah xnda xnda okay let, no more okay i'll stop yes he's gonna he's, he's, he's gonna he's gonna bring uh, a new album uh album album uh, after the season, for sure. If hey, he, I've yeah. I've I've had a shower thought that <laughs> XNDA is gonna drop like uh, an album that's gonna be, um, you know, top one hundred worldwide, <laughs> number one in Europe and number one in the UK. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then later in his career, he's gonna drop a super hard EP with Drake and right. call it Bono Lane mixtape. <laughs> And then everyone's going to be like, why the hell is it called Bono Lane Mixtape? Right, exactly. <laughs> Only for the fans. Only for the fans will they No, understand. no, no, for everybody. Everybody's right. got to figure that out. <laughs> because, I, I mean, if you're, if, you're a, if you're a Drake fan, you would have an idea of what Dark Lane was. <laughs> in Dark Lane demo tape. So why not Bono, Lane, Bono Pit Lane Mixtape or whatever? <laughs> Bono needs to make a... Make a... Uh, make an appearance in one of the songs. Just uh, he'll be a him. he'll be a sample. His radio call will be <laughs> a sample. One, one of his radio calls songs. will be a sample on the song. <laughs> but okay, uh, all jokes aside, um, yes, I think Lewis Hamilton is going to get his eighth world championship, hmm. thus making him the winningest 
driver in Formula One history. I can't, like I said earlier in the podcast, I can't see him slowing down. Right. Not even when the newer, smaller car comes in. I, I can't see it. I, I'm not saying that he could win nine or ten. It's a possibility, but I can't say that for sure. Right. <laughs> I'm not a fortune teller, but I can say that eight looks really, really realistic. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I completely agree, Wes. Um, uh, quick question, though. How much what do, you, do you think uh, over 105 or over 110 this season, this upcoming season, for wins? Wins? I'll go a little. I'll go. I'll go ambitious here. I'll go one ten. One ten. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So he's gonna dominate. He's gonna pretty much win. I think he's gonna win nine out of ten, or uh, ten ten races. I mean, you know, I would. I would over ten. If I were, over ten. If if if, I, if it were me, I wouldn't be happy <laughs> with losing Monza. I wouldn't be happy with. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other races with penalty slip-ups i also wouldn't be happy with george dominating in my car <laughs> yeah. especially when the settings were still mostly mine <laughs> yeah so yeah pretty much uh and so yeah i actually agree with you Wes, to the point where i will name uh lewis hamilton as my champion for the 2021 season i think i mean i think you know I brought up, uh, I think, in the uh, last podcast that we did that Red Bull uh, pretty much said that we could beat Mercedes. Red Bull said we could beat Mercedes. We could beat Valtteri Bottas. It's Lewis Hamilton that we can't beat. Because Lewis Hamilton somehow finds a way to just win and, like, pretty much be out of this world. He He's just, he's just going to sail off into the distance because he gets an amazing start and then all that. That all the, that's all he needs to do is just get an amazing start and he's off to the distance and he doesn't see Max he doesn't see Bottas anymore for the rest of the state uh, for the rest of the race but yeah I think you know Lewis there I mean I would say there's like an 85% chance 85 at best or maybe even 90 that he's gonna win the 2021 season um, you know, he's just that dominant. Um, maybe even, you know, the ninth or 10th. I don't want to say that he's going to win the ninth or 10th because then that's the, you know, major regulations we, we have to see first. But I'm super excited that um, he feels healthy. He feels better. He, he feels that he's at his prime. Uh, you said, Wes, he's at 35, which is great. Um, I love watching Mercedes win. Um, there's not a lot of people that do. But I love it uh, because there's they're a team that I would want to be in if I was a Formula One driver. I wouldn't want to be in a team that's, you know, dysfunctional, that throws shade um, every once in a while, um, that calls you out whenever you make a mistake, mistake if you're an engineer. I never want to be in a team like that. Um, I want to be in a team where pretty much everything is so uniform everything is so precise every you know what's expected of you there's nothing that changes um and they only expect the best out of you and pretty much it's it's very german in a way uh you know like pretty much the national german team for for soccer or football 
um they're very uniform they're very precise and they're very they're very meticulous on the very little things and that's what i love i think uh, i would rather be a driver for a mercedes than anything else oh absolutely they're literally the diamond shaft <laughs> and yeah, that's what the German uh, soccer team calls themselves, right? right? Schaft, the right. machine. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they have this "we win together, lose together" mentality, driven by each other. That's their slogan, and there's a reason for that. Right. Um, I remember having a discussion with somebody that, um, you, you want to know why Mercedes always wins? Why? It's because, unlike some teams, they're not complacent. Right. when people already call them the best absolutely because they don't think yeah they don't they don't ever see themselves as the best they keep have they have to prove it every single day right and you know a part of it could be mind games too they could be right. just saying that oh honda is better than us at this or ferrari is better than us at that right but that could be just all talk for all we know absolutely um that could literally just be like oh we know we're better yeah but we want them to feel we want them to feel we want to stroke their egos, make them feel complacent, so that way they put their guard down. We strike, right? Absolutely. But, yeah, I don't know if you've uh, noticed this, Wes, but um, pretty much there's been a trend uh, ever since the turbo hybrid era. Is that you know Mercedes builds the all-around machine, right? It's good at everything that it does. Red Bull, they will build an incredible car. They just don't have an engine, and then Ferrari. They will build an incredible engine, not a, not a great car. And this is the first season that I've ever witnessed where Mercedes seem to have a better chassis, a better car than Red Bull. And combine that with the Mercedes engine, of course, you're going to dominate. Oh, for sure. And, you know, it, me too. I, I enjoy watching Mer Mercedes. It's, it's really the only Mercedes out there that I like. <laughs> You know, because here, I don't know about any other place, but in my in my experience as a driver, Mercedes drivers uh, here, especially in Chicago, have a certain <laughs> way and pretentiousness of themselves. <laughs> so I, at one point I wanted one myself and then I realized eh, that's maybe it's not for maybe it's not me. Mm. But of course, when I turn on that TV at six o'clock, seven o'clock. Sometimes two o'clock in the morning. Right. Of course, uh, besides the Red Bull Honda, the Aero silver and black car is the one I'm always watching. Absolutely. And of absolutely. course, uh, car number forty-four. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that was a good point as well. I hope they keep the all black. It, they look menacing with the all black. Um, but I'm pretty sure they're gonna go back to the silver uh, for next season. Um, That's just a a small prediction from my part. But yeah, uh, any more thoughts, Wes? Just keep on driving, man. All right, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the last um, pretty much segment of our show. It's called the hot, the hot laps. This is when we pretty much introduce or uh, reintroduce um, some of the the F one's newest news or rumors uh, going around. Um, and yeah, let's let's start, Wes. Um, Haas this week actually confirmed, reaffirms that um, Haas is going to keep their driver lineup for 2021. That's Nikita Mazepin and um, Mick Schumacher. Okay. Um, 
let's see how I can do this while keeping my cool here. Jean Haas, you are an embarrassment to Formula One. Haas Formula One team, you are now the shittiest team on the grid. I, as a fan, and I'm embarrassed, especially as an American fan. I try my best to have some kind of hope for you guys, but you all over there in Kannapolis are just a freaking dumpster fire. <laughs> if, if if you're gonna if 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 we're gonna go out there and race as one, then do it. Then do it. All right. In in this day and age, actually in any era, there is no space for some rich kid asshole to be groping a woman in the car. Absolutely. Intoxicated or not. All right. I wish nothing but the worst for not only a Formula One team, but every other team that you have in racing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You are nothing but shit. Absolutely. And you too, Mazepin family. Absolutely. You you know you know that money's the reason why you all are there. Yeah. You may Absolutely. have some your your kid might have some kind of talent, sure. But you have to be an ultimate psycho to hit someone that beat you fair and square, or almost hit someone that beat you fair and square with a sign. Punch a driver who also did better than you. And conduct yourself poorly in other spaces, particularly the internet, particularly that car ride where that Instagram video went out. My God. All right. And that's the problem. This is the problem with, with, with organizations, Joy. Public opinion already wants him out. Right. Right? And it's overwhelming. Right. But in anything where the people are not happy, Guess who loses out at the end of the day? The people. Right. Why? Because the companies and the teams, whatever, they double down and still keep their man. Even though that they know that the action is wrong. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm disgusted, man. This, this is ridiculous. And, you know, I, I like Callum Islet better yeah. than Nikita Mazepin. I think Schwartzman is better than Mazepin. And... You know, there's Schwartzman and is and all the other Ferrari uh, Driver Academy guys are still in Formula Two, with the exception of Mick and Eilid. Right. It's ridiculous. Horse crap. You I'm know, I, I I don't I don't want Haas to do well, ever. Again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I completely agree with you, Wes. Um, I think you know, um, you know, you you said that um, Haas is just a, a complete embarrassment. Uh, I think Gene is embarrassing himself. Um, and I I have a pretty good reason why um, he stuck with Mazepin, right? Um, but I think for me, what's... It, it is so disappointing to, to see that they're still going with this, with this guy. Um, you know, it, we, we did send out a lot of these messages that, you know, we race as one. Um, we're going to, we have plans to go to Dubai, um, you know, um, a Saudi country, Arabia. Saudi Arabia that, that has, you know, a history for, for the lack of, um, of just human rights. And 
we have this guy, we have this Joker on the on the grid now, um, and yeah, you said it was money talks, right? And I think the the, the number one reason why Gene um, wanted him to stay is because Gene wants out. I think he wants out of Formula One, and he sees Nikita Mazepin's father as a way out of buying the team. Well, what I'm also like very disappointed in is where is the FIA in all this, right? Like, I mean, come on, like Haas said that they're gonna do uh, an internal, um, an internal, pretty much decision on what they're gonna do for uh, Mazepin. Which, okay, I understand that, but like, it is so much more, it is so much more damaging to your reputation in racing and all your sponsorships right uh, there's a reason why there's not a lot of sponsors on that Haas car and now you're giving them even more reason to not sponsor you in your car um which is a shame because i think it's a, it's a very beautiful car it's a very very beautiful livery but yeah i, I wouldn't be surprised at all if i hope you know Haas loses all of their sponsorships um, because of this, because, you know, being tied to that monster, it, it's just, that's what it, that's what it goes through. And I, I hope if Nikita Mazepin's father does buy the team, I hope it becomes a failure. Um, I don't see, yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the I'm guy's so being speechless. a whiny little bitch at four, uh, racing point because he didn't get the, the bid to be their owner. Right. Yeah. And so. We'll talk about being a sore loser. And yeah, um, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, the FIA will step in for anything else. Anything else. Except for this one. Uh, I mean, come on. Like, it, you know, this is where I feel like, you know, the NBA and the NFL do a really good job at. That when one of their players or when one of their, you know, when one of their players or one of their representatives does something that they don't that they don't that absolutely ruins the reputation of the NFL or the NBA. Now, of course, there's a lot of stuff that I don't agree with the NFL or the NBA um, in disciplining their athletes. But come on, like this is this is this is a layup right here. The, the FIA should have stepped in and said, "No, we're, we're revoking your your super license points, and in order to get them back, you're going to have to, you know." Build yourself up, build build yourself up again, and race through that, like, you know. And and you 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 said it, Wes. You know, money speaks. I hope. I wish that wasn't the case in our sport, but yeah, I, I really hope that we don't get to see any of the Mazepin family take over any car, any team. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I do. You know, you brought up some good points, Joy. Um, not not every not every company doubles down. Some mm. companies and organizations do actually take action and do the right thing. Right. So I don't want to go out there and uh, be that cynical of everyone or every operation. So I, I do want to reclarify that that some do right, but in its case, uh, FIA, Haas, whomever involved in this incident right. or issue was really really wrong. Right. So, 
Absolutely. That, that's the point I was really trying to make there. And, you know, it, it still doesn't change anything. I'm still pretty unhappy. Right. And and you, you brought it up, Wes. There's some really good drivers that could have taken his spot. I mean, Fittipaldi was, is right there, right? I mean, of course, he's not going to be that talent that you're looking for in your team. But he's there for a reason. He's a reserve driver for a reason. Callum Eilat. I would love to see Callum Eilat in a Formula 1 car against Mick Schumacher. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but, of course, you know, we spoke about this. We thought that it was going to be a very good good possibility that Callum Eilat is going to get signed by Haas. And that way, Ferrari pretty much has control of two seats in Haas. But, yeah... Yeah, it, it is very, yeah, it, it is not a good time. It's not a good day for a, a sport, you know, when they when they reaffirmed that Mazepin was going to be back. I, I really hope that, <laughs> I really hope that a lot of the other drivers don't really give him that much any room. Uh, I hope that they don't really give, you know, they don't really give a shit <laughs> about Mazepin. I would have preferred if Magnussen kept his seat. I think Magnussen is a much better driver. I think he's actually underrated. So, so yeah. Well, Lord have mercy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we will see. We'll see, right? Um, the future of Haas is at balance. Um, and, yeah, hopefully Mick, you know, just spanks him in, in the... <laughs> In the season, but yeah, uh, so yeah, let's move on, uh, West. Um, Science, um, pretty much one week after finishing the season in Abu Dhabi, he you know went to Maranello and did seat fitting for Ferrari, which is which was very uh, surprising for me. I mean, Science, he Science always struck me as a guy that never stops. Um, he's he's a very hard worker. You can tell even from Draft to Survive, he he will pretty much start when everyone is on their day off, um, and so this is a good sign. I think you know signs can really influence the morale of that Ferrari team, um, and pretty much yeah, uh, I love seeing signs just go to Maranello the first week after the season stop, and uh, I'm super excited to see signs in Ferrari. Yeah, no, um, seeing photos of that seat fit as well as uh, the photos that he took with Charles Leclerc and Mattia Benotto. Molto bella. Very <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, you know, you and me are on record being not too keen of Ferrari. Right. But I think for uh, Carlos Sainz is a good addition to their culture, good addition to their lineup. Right. can challenge Trump. Not that Vettel couldn't, but, um, of course, it gives him a stopgap to give Schumacher or whoever else time. But at the same time, it gives him the opportunity to compete right away, right. especially with uh, Mattia Bonato hyping up that engine for the SF21. Right, absolutely. And, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, hopefully, you know, I mean, you hit it right on the head, uh, Wes. Um, you know, we, we don't really see, um, we don't really like Ferrari, um, but we do respect them. Um, and it was weird seeing them at the back of the grid. 
uh, this year. Um, so yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, I do like to see the red the red cars fighting at the top, fighting for wins. Um, <laughs> hopefully, if it does, I mean, now that I actually like both of the drivers, maybe I'll soften up uh, my stance on uh, Ferrari. Um, and like I said, you know, I've always loved the Tafosi. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, the SF21. I'm excited for 2021. Um, but yeah, um, they also announced that they're gonna unveil the car at preseason testing. So um, yeah, we're gonna, it's gonna be a long wait. They're probably gonna be the very last car that they're gonna reveal in the grid. Oh, that's really interesting because um, we're so used to the. The, you know, the opera singing, the Ferrari branded suits, the, the, <laughs> the ballet long, dancers, yeah, the ballet dancers, the <laughs> long talks about why this car is going to be great, right? Why it's going to do so well this season. And of course, they're going to answer any questions about how it's going to try and open a can of whoop ass on Red Bull and Mercedes. And they look like they're going to have an answer that has yet to be seen. Right. But I think, uh, I think last year uh, they revealed it at uh, February, which most teams actually do reveal their cars in February, but um, them revealing it at March, um, it, is it worrying? Um, I don't know, but we'll see. But yeah, <laughs> I do remember the the car launch for Ferrari where, you know, there's so many dancers and there's so many, um, so many opera. I think it's beautiful. It's very Italian, but I mean, all that for P8 in the championship, right? Yeah, well, let's just say for for the most part, P6, it wasn't very P6. good. Yeah, yeah, they were actually it wasn't P6. very good. It wasn't very good. But nah, I mean, let's see um, if they if they do get back into that top three com- conversation. Are they going to say when they when they show up? Are they going to go a river dirty or a river dirty? We got to see <laughs> a river dirty. <laughs> a river dirty. We got to see, but um. Speaking of a river dirt cheat, you got to get around that first. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially Absolutely. with number three and number four. Yep. Absolutely. With Mercedes engines. I'm ex- super excited for McLaren this year. Super excited, guys. I don't know. Joy, um, are we going to trip Major Nutsack? <laughs> Is that another podium? Is that another podium? Uh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, any more thoughts, Wes? On this, no, but I do wish uh, Carlos uh, the best of luck at uh, Ferrari. All right. Cool, cool, cool. And there you have it, Running Back Nation. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Merry uh, Christmas. To watch us. Merry Christmas. Again, you know, don't forget to, to join our conversation. Uh, you know, pretty much just go comment on any of the subject or any of the topics that we covered today. But, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Run One more back thing, Nation. Joy. Absolutely. Yes, Go ahead. To run it back, I want to speak to Run It Back Nation. Uh, for those on Run It Back Nation that are our frontline healthcare workers, thank you so much thank for you, your work, you. especially on this holiday. You all, are, you all are the real MVPs. You all are the real world champions here. Um, and for those who also like to talk about two warriors, uh, duking it out in a squared circle come check out the no decision podcast with myself wes and joy absolutely absolutely thank you guys so much merry christmas and happy keep it on track keep it on track